Hello, and welcome to the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I'm Tamara, a photographer and creative director for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands and professionals, and your host of Real Talk with Tamara. So this podcast covers actionable, down-to-earth business and lifestyle advice for creative entrepreneurs who aspire to make an impact in their communities while keeping it real, of course. A little housekeeping before we get into it. Please follow or subscribe on iTunes. And comments are currency, so please leave a comment. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. So this is a continuation of how to develop your brand voice series. The first episode, we covered how to establish your core values, and hopefully that has given you some clarity and understanding of how you show up online and in real life for your audience and potential clientele. Now we're covering your objective and client profile or avatar or muse, whichever feels more comfortable to use. It made sense to talk about the client avatar and objective in the same episode because While we may be hard pressed to just create any kind of business, in the words of Jerisha Shaw, a high ticket sales coach, we cannot be solving broke people's problems. It's so important to understand the specific niche you are serving and if it is a service he or she needs. So let's quickly talk niche. What is it exactly? So it is related to products, services, or interests that appeal to a small specialized section of the population. In other words, you're not speaking to everyone. If you really want to find success in your business and grow at a faster pace, you have to be specific. For starters, being for everyone means you're not for anyone. Run that back one more time. Being for everyone means you're not for anyone. You have a certain set of skills and experiences that can help a certain set of the population. Focus on serving that market and really understanding their pain points. Let's look at a few examples. A good example of a niche is residential real estate for first-time home buyers in Washington, D.C. This states the location, that's if you're location-specific, your target population, and the type of real estate you specialize in. Another example, food photographer and videographer for boutique hotels and restaurants. One more for good measure, TV and film makeup and hair artist. When you niche down, it gives the opportunity to become one of the go-tos within that industry. You're consistently working within that niche and building your credibility, while of course, constantly working to provide an excellent client experience. When I made the decision to only focus on product and branding photography and now video, leaving behind social media management, website design, and other miscellaneous things is when I saw a consistent flow of work to the point of being able to double my business income this year over last year. So don't sleep on your niche. So understanding your client in that niche. When you build your client profile, Understand that it is more than just where she lives or shops. While these details are certainly important, it only tells one part of the story. Where she lives, shops, if she's married or single, are considered her demographics. It is usually the first layer of your client profile. Other questions to consider, what are her top three activities she enjoys to do? What are her pet peeves? Where does she work and what is her income? 
Where is she on social media? Which is very important when you begin to market your services so you're not speaking into a void. Maybe she isn't on Instagram. Maybe she is on Pinterest or LinkedIn. The next layer is understanding why she would be interested in your business and how it can better serve her. In other words, how are you making her life easier? This helps to get into their pain points so you can understand how your service can resolve her issues. There are many questions to ask, but let's start with four. What problems did she have that your service has solved or would solve for her? What solution has she tried in the past to solve this problem? Was she satisfied with those results? What is it about your business that appeals to her and she wants to achieve this goal? For example, downsize her home because all of her children have moved out, but these misconceptions are holding her back. She doesn't have support to find homes in her price range, or she just doesn't have time in general, as an example. These questions are very specific because it helps to understand the transformation your ideal client is looking for. These questions are very specific because it helps to understand the transformation your ideal client is looking for. While the end product is possibly tangible, there may be also intangible things she wants to experience as a result of working with you? Is it having more time, more confidence, more clarity in her business? These are answers you can unpack with these questions. While of course you should attempt to answer these on your own, this truly requires asking your audience or current and past clientele for the answers. This can either confirm or negate your assumptions of how you're serving or should be serving your clients. All right, for some truth tea. I find that a lot of people avoid this and lose money, waste time because of the fear of rejection or being afraid to ask. If you are not used to being rejected, don't have a business. Don't even waste your time. If you want to have success, you need to constantly ask for constructive insight and feedback and support from those around you. And if you are supplying an exceptional service, regardless of the stage you're in in your business, asking for feedback should not be an issue. Simply start the conversation. You can reach out to past clients, which again, you should already be requesting testimonials as mentioned in the networking episode. But if you're not, simply send an email asking for a few minutes of their time to answer a few questions. Give them the option to either chat with you over the phone or answer questions via email. Either option has worked for me. If you want to incentivize for their time, like offering a thank you gift to Starbucks or Target, you can do so as well. And you've probably heard this before because this isn't the first time you've heard about brand voice or how to build your client avatar, but you should not skip this step. You need to make sure you are solving the right problems for the right people. If not, you'll be upset and wondering why your business isn't taking off. I'd rather you take a break from posting or promoting a service in order to get your foundation set than to post or promote with no structure or idea of who it is you are serving. Make sure your foundation is on point before talking online about understanding your worth and charging more. Know whose problem you need to solve first. 
This episode of the Real Talk with Tamara podcast is brought to you by the Alignment Mastermind, an eight-week program for service-based business owners who want to go from burnout to bliss in their business. Look, I know there are a lot of amazing, talented entrepreneurs out there, and maybe you're one of them. You could have had several years of experience, but you may still run into these issues. You lack organization and a workload to help you manage your clients. You occasionally experience anxiety from not having enough clients or making enough money, and you're still running your business like a hobby. Trust me, I've been there. I remember staying up late, experiencing major anxiety, doing random Google searches, trying to find the best prices to charge and which programs to use to run my business, and wondering if I should just give up and put my resume on Indeed.com or get a full-time job doing social media management which y'all, that is not my ministry. Yeah, it was tough, but I knew there was something better. And trust me, there is better. So imagine with me for a second, not feeling anxiety because you're consistently booking with your ideal clients at higher rates. You're implementing organized and automated workflows so you can work smarter, not harder in your business. And having more control of how you actually spend your day while doing the work that you love. With the Alignment Mastermind, I'm sharing the proven tools and skills to help build your clientele in your niche, implement an organized workflow, and increase your prices confidently during this eight-week program. As one student put it, it was the swift kick in the peach she needed. I launched the program in May 2018, and I'm bringing it back for round four. Yes. Round four. So if you want to learn more, visit bit.ly alignment underscore mastermind to read about past students' experiences and the program content. And in a few weeks, I'll be hosting a free masterclass where I'm sharing the three behaviors that took me from burnout to bliss in my own business. Visit bit.ly burnout to bliss masterclass to sign up. Doors open soon, so you don't want to miss out. Make 2020 the year you build a business doing what you love. All right, back to our regularly scheduled programming. And last but not least, let's quickly cover objective. I chatted about objective briefly during the networking with intention episode. And as a reminder, your objective is a specific result that a person or system aims to achieve within a time frame and with available resources. At its core, what is it that you do? I find that a lot of people make it really difficult to make money <laughs> by calling themselves all these different interesting qualifiers in their IG bios or websites and wonder why there isn't any inquiries lining up from Instagram. Instagram is a money-making machine that also uses SEO. So if you're a photographer, for instance, but you call yourself a storyteller in your social media bio, you're not going to come up in searches because no one is looking for a storyteller. (laughs) I'm sorry to break it to you, sis. Make it easier for yourself and for others to find you. No, it doesn't make you lazy. It makes you smart. Remember, work smarter, not harder. When you break down your objective, you're answering the following. 
What am I providing and for whom? For example, you are a brand strategist that offers effective website design and copy for women entrepreneurs. You are a fine artist who specializes in custom painting and ceramic pieces. You are a website designer for authors. I offer product and branding photography and video for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands. Keep it simple, direct, and to the point. The one thing you'll notice with each sentence is that it speaks to one focus or job title. Sure, you're multi-passionate. Who is it? But what's bringing you the coin? We're so rah-rah about following our passions, but which passion leads to the profit? If you're saying you want to truly build a business that works and is sustainable, focus on one area that you can dominate and be considered the go-to. I remember someone mentioned a quote saying, whenever you're worried about building different businesses, remember Rihanna. And I remember Maya Eloise, a personal branding strategist for women entrepreneurs, quickly said, um, Rihanna focused on music first, killed the game there, and then moved on to other interests. So don't be fooled here. I am not speaking a foreign language. Many experts and business owners all say the same thing. When you focus on one idea or an industry, you're able to maximize your efforts and your income. When I made the decision to only focus on photography, not social media management or website design, I was able to double my sales in my business. It doesn't mean you can't monetize your other interests, but would you really need to if you were really diligent and focused on building one first? So if you need help to determine what your offering or clientele should be, consider the following questions. Is there a specific problem that needs to be solved within your niche? Are you considered someone people see to help solve that problem? Is there a high volume interest in solving this problem? Meaning, can you make money or are you solving broke people's problems? Is it something you simply enjoy and should just be a hobby or creative outlet while you truly can focus your efforts on one area and build on that? And do you actually enjoy doing this? Not just because you believe you can make money, but because you really enjoy doing the work to help transform your client. Answering these questions will definitely give you more clarity and understanding as to whether you should go down the route of trying to solve this problem or if you should just move on to the next. And on that note, this wraps up another edition of Real Talk with Tamara, Real Talk for Real Women. If you like what you've heard, please share with Reckless Abandon. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss out on the next episode. Until next time, remember to grind with grace and love, peace, and do you, boo.